Welcome to Let's Talk FCA, Kroll and Mooring's podcast, bringing you the latest developments with the False Claims Act. I'm Jason Crawford, and I'm joined by Michael Shaheen, a partner in the White Collar and Regulatory Enforcement and Healthcare Groups. Good morning, Michael. Good morning to you. It's uh, been a few years since you've been on the podcast. You should probably give the listeners a little taste of what you've been up to. Thanks, Michael. Up until my recent return to Kroll, I've been working as a trial attorney at your old office, the DOJ's civil fraud section, where I investigated and litigated FCA cases involving a range of companies, including government contractors, importers, and healthcare companies. And now I'm excited to be back at Kroll, and I look forward to helping clients navigate government investigations and federal litigation, including matters arising under the FCA. Well, welcome back, Jason, and welcome back to our listening audience. We figured there was no better reason to bring back the podcast than to discuss the Department of Justice's February 7th announcement of the False Claims Act recovery statistics for the 2022 fiscal year. According to the stats, the department collected roughly $2.2 billion in 2022, and that reflects the amount recovered through settlements and judgments in cases resolved by the government and relators. Many FCA pundits have commented that this figure is a steep drop from the prior fiscal year when the government recovered $5.7 billion. Admittedly, those numbers are pretty different, uh, but that difference is easily explained by the $3 billion settlements with OxyContin manufacturer Purdue Pharma and its company owners in 2021. It would be a big mistake to conclude that just because the dollar amount recovered last year was the lowest level since 2008, that 2022 was a quiet year for FCA litigation and investigations. That's right. And in fact, it was a high watermark for new FCA matters, with relators in the Justice Department initiating more than 948 matters in 2022. It was also a busy year on the other end of the FCA life cycle, with the Justice Department reporting 351 judgments and settlements, which is the second highest number reported in a given year. The 2022 numbers may appear to be a bit of a paradox because there was a high number of settlements, but fewer dollars recovered. But at least some of that trend is likely explained by the department's focus on cases involving pandemic fraud. Michael, do you want to address what the fiscal year 2022 figures tell us about COVID-related cases? Sure thing. As many in the audience likely know, pandemic-related fraud has been a priority of the DOJ ever since the federal government made roughly $800 billion in loans available to small businesses through the Paycheck Protection Program. Not only have individuals been criminally prosecuted for fraudulently obtaining loans, but the civil FCA has been a powerful tool in going after individuals and businesses that received relief payments to which they were not entitled. By way of example, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of Mississippi filed close to 50 FCA actions in cases involving allegations of fraud related to COVID-19. And those are just the cases we know about. I'd venture to say that we're only aware of a small fraction of the civil cases currently in the pipeline, cases that will be unsealed in the coming months. For instance, last year, the department stated that it had opened more than 240 civil investigations into some 1,800 individuals and entities for alleged misconduct in connection with pandemic relief loans. To date, the settlements have generally involved the low-hanging fruit cases, and these investigations have yielded recoveries that are comparatively small to typical FCA settlements, which may partly explain why the number of settlements was up last year, while the dollars recovered went down. But this trend of small dollar pandemic recoveries will change in the years ahead as the department investigates and goes after more complex schemes and lending institutions with much deeper pockets. Thanks, Michael. And one of the areas where there could be more 
complex pandemic cases is where a loan recipient was ineligible under the size requirements uh, due to the application of the Small Business Administration's affiliation rules. And while we're on the topic of the SBA, the DOJ's February 7th press release highlighted the largest ever FCA recovery based on allegations of small business contracting fraud. In the Trimark case, a food service equipment company paid $48.5 million to resolve allegations that it had manipulated contracting opportunities that had been set aside for small businesses and service-disabled veterans. That settlement also required a Trimark executive to personally contribute $100,000 to the settlement, underscoring the department's continued focus on holding individuals accountable under the FCA. The department's annual press release is an opportunity for the DOJ to tout the recovery of taxpayer dollars and a chance to showcase settlements in priority areas. For example, the February 7th press release highlighted the first settlement of a case under the department's civil cyber fraud initiative, which aims to use the FCA to combat cyber threats to the security of sensitive information. In that case, a company called Comprehensive Health Services settled allegations that it had failed to comply with contract requirements because the company failed to consistently store patients' medical records on a secure system. In light of the government's focus on using the FCA to combat cyber fraud, it's likely that this will remain an active area in the years ahead. Uh, Michael, what else were you able to glean from the 2022 stats? So if I could borrow an analogy from my musical past, uh, the civil fraud section is like a rock band. PPP and cyber fraud are songs from the new album, but DOJ still knows how to play the hits. And the hits are the healthcare fraud cases. Of the $2.2 billion in FCA recoveries in the 2022 fiscal year, about $1.7 billion came from healthcare entities, including drug and device manufacturers, hospitals, and managed care organizations. And the settlements highlighted by DOJ's press release were representative of the healthcare-related FCA theories of liability that we frequently see in these cases, such as unlawfully inflated drug prices charged to federal agencies and violations of the federal anti-kickback statute, which prohibits exchanging value to induce the referral of federal healthcare program payments. So just like how the Rolling Stones have to play satisfaction at every concert, Healthcare will remain the most active area for FCA enforcement in the years ahead, given the amount of dollars flowing through the Medicare, Medicaid, and TRICARE programs. Jason, any concluding thoughts for our audience? Thanks again, Michael. To conclude, I'd say that industry should not interpret last year's decline in FCA recoveries as a reflection of diminished enforcement activity, and it would definitely be a mistake for companies to see the drop as an indication that they can stop leaning in to compliance efforts, because the record number of new FCA matters initiated by both the government and relators in 2022, suggest a likely bump in the annual recovery amounts in the years ahead. Companies across industries will be well served by investing in compliance and training measures aimed at preventing and detecting fraud if they want to avoid becoming just another statistic in a future DOJ press release. Well, that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time on Let's Talk FCA. Let's Talk FCA is brought to you by Kroll & Mooring LLP. You can find more information at kroll.com slash letstalkfca. 